Welcome to Off the Beaten Path, but not lost. With Tony, Kristen, Kylie, and Lexi. Join us on this RV full-time living journey. Across the beautiful United States. Where the fail was. Welcome back. Today we're going to talk about Arizona. Cities we visited, places we stayed, Jeep trails, all the things. In Arizona. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) First, are you following us on Facebook and Instagram yet? If you're not, make sure you do at The Faolas. You can also find the show notes at our website, thefaolas.com slash seven. We were in Arizona from the end of November to April 2021. We did leave Arizona for a few weeks, spent time in Nevada, but for the most of that time we were in Arizona. My favorite thing about Arizona is the weather. It's so beautiful, especially in the southern part of Arizona and in the wintertime. We were in Yuma for February through April, and I think that's like the best place in the country to be. Yeah, the weather was awesome during that time. So what's really funny about Yuma is that there's not a lot there. (laughs) And when we first went there, that's something I thought of. I'm like, what is here? Like, what is here? There's like nothing here. But that's what it is. It's like this hidden gem for snowbirds. Yeah. And this year, because uh, there was way less uh, Canadian travelers for the winter, it was pretty wide open. Part of what I really liked about Arizona were the Jeep trails. Uh, We did a lot of trails around Jerome, Cottonwood, Sedona, Yuma, And we also did a couple Jeep Badge of Honor trails there. What I liked about Arizona is Flagstaff with all the snow in the mountains. It was super fun. And all the pools that we went to. So you like a little bit of hot and a little bit of cold. Yes. A lot of the cold and a lot of the hot. (laughs) What I like about Arizona is Flagstaff too. Yeah, the snow. Yeah. And the mountains. And the Grand Canyon. Was it where the hike where there was rock stairs? Yes. You like the rock stairs? Yeah. It was super (laughs) cool. They made it like stairs, but it's made out of rocks. Let's talk about some cities that we visited in Arizona. Some we stayed at and some we just did day trips to. Jerome was one of my favorites. It's like a super cool mountain town. It's got a ton of mining history and even some... um, legends of being haunted yeah what i like about jerome the most is when you're driving into jerome you can like it's literally a city in a mountain like (laughs) there's a mountain and there's like a whole bunch of you know houses and stuff um in different levels of the mountain and i just think that's really cool looking yeah as you go through the town well as you're climbing into the town you take you know a handful of switchbacks up and then the switchbacks actually continue right through the middle of town up the mountain And the houses are all, like, squished in there and and super cute. I love that. Yeah, there's a lot of cool shops there. Um, It's a a tourist town for sure, but there's a lot of good eating there. There's a lot of gift shops. And they have that haunted theme throughout the whole town. You know, you see some skeletons. There's the haunted burger place. They have a prison. I would would say it's more like a jail. Oh, yeah. In that little town. I mean, it could have been a prison back then. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's barred. The <laughs> windows and doors are all bars, and there's they have a little, like, a, at one section of it, there's, like, an old fire truck with, like, skeletons in it behind bars. 
but that's a that's like a theme that goes through. If you're and if you go there, if you really want to be scared or spooked, stay at the Grand Hotel in Jerome, and they have frequent reports of paranormal activity. Where's the nearest campgrounds to Jerome? We stayed when we went to Jerome. We were in Verde Valley. Yeah, Cottonwood. At a thousand trails. There's a handful of just private campgrounds there in Cottonwood. So, I mean, Jerome is only a 20-minute drive from Cottonwood area. And there is some BLM as well around that area. Yep. Where's the nearest Walmart? There's a Walmart in Cottonwood. And there's, I mean, in Cottonwood, you have a number of big, like, grocery stores, department stores, that kind of stuff, hardware. They pretty much have everything there. Okay, let's talk Cottonwood since we're talking about Cottonwood. Yeah. We stayed at the Thousand Trails Camp, or what is it, Camp Verde? Thousand Verde Trails? Valley. Oh, Verde Valley Thousand Trails. And this is a really cool campground because it's kind of on a valley. like It's you, right on the uh, Verde River, actually. Yeah, and you can take each, I mean, the campground goes down into yep. the valley which is its biggest downfall. Yep. There is no service at this park unless you're sitting in the... If you're full-time and working from home, working remotely, that's really the thing. Even the paid internet that you have there, it's not that great. So there's virtually no cell service or data, and the paid-for Wi-Fi is pretty spotty. Yep, unless you're sitting in the lobby area or yep. whatever. That, what is that, the... They have like a visitor center office and yeah. they have good Wi-Fi there. It just doesn't reach into the park. And this is as of winter of 2021. So hopefully they can improve that. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason why they can't. They I'd can't, go back but. if they did, you know. <laughs> uh, we stayed there a couple times, but then finally we're just like, we can't stay here anymore. This is crazy because <laughs> we had no signal. But there is a lot of BLM land around Cottonwood. And then inside Cottonwood, like Tony said, there's tons of restaurants Actually, there was that one place that we loved. What was that place? That was Big As Burgers. Yeah, they were but, so good. Yeah, they had really good burgers, and they had really good authentic Mexican food. Ta the tacos were great. Yep. Highly recommend. There's also, in Cottonwood, there's, you know, the your Walmart and other stores, pretty much everything you need. There's also gas. That's very expensive. <laughs> Before gas prices even went up, my wife somehow found the only station that was a dollar forty per gallon more than every other station. Yeah, I never fill up the tank ever. Tony always does it, so I <laughs> I filled up the tank and I called him. I was like, I just paid three dollars and forty nine cents for gas, and yeah, Tony didn't talk to me for days. <laughs> Maybe not that long, but it felt like it. It was definitely, it's definitely an ongoing joke because now that gas prices are going up, it's starting to get to the price I paid. Yeah. <laughs> I think I still paid more. <laughs> I was just blown away. Yeah. It's literally like he didn't believe, he didn't believe me at all. He thought I, I think got, it like, was actually premium. Like, it was like $3 and 65 cents a gallon. And I think every other station was like two twenty. Yeah. Right down the street. Like, right. And he didn't believe me. And I took him back to it. And he's like, yeah. this is insane. Like, what <laughs> did you people... buy? Race fuel? <laughs> and there's people getting gas while we were there. <laughs> like, I don't understand. It was insane. But anyways. It makes me want to, like, stand there with a sign that says, two miles down the road that way. <laughs> it's $2 cheaper. Yeah, God knows what it is now. July. Maybe they kept it the same price. <laughs> <laughs> Prescott. So when we stayed in Cottonwood, we drove to Prescott a few times. And Prescott has a Costco 
Yeah, that was, I think, one time we purposely went to Prescott for Costco. There's a couple ways to get there. You can go the long way, which... It's like down and around, yeah. You go, um, I can't remember if it's 17 or something like that, but either way, it's mostly expressway. And then there's the fun way. Yeah, which is 89A, which goes through Jerome and up over the mountains and back down. Yes. Is that the one that we did with the stream? Or was that a different trail? With the spring? Spring, sorry. Yeah. And Prescott is another city that is, it's bigger. So it has all the amenities. It has like the Costco and Walmarts and, you know, all the Target and all that stuff. So you can pretty much get anything you want there. And there's camping, right? Yeah. When you actually come through the mountain, I think you go through like what, National Forest or something right at the end? Yep. And it, there's another place there that we wanted to check out, but we couldn't. It's called Summit 4x4, which is like a the ultimate Jeep place, which is probably a good thing that we didn't go there because we'd come out of there like lifted with 37s or something. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in your dreams. <laughs> but they have all the Jeep stuff. Yeah. So camping-wise... Um, I'm sure there's like hotels or something in, in. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff yeah. like that. And then there is campgrounds. And then, like I said, there's a national forest right there. And there's some probably some BLM and everything. Yep. Yuma. Yuma, we spent a lot of time at. Yes, in the winter time. Yuma area, I should say, because we got around. We stayed in Yuma from February ish. Yeah, I think early February May. to like mid April. Yeah, the weather is so awesome there. It was so perfect. No humidity, 80s. Yeah, it was probably average of like high 70s, low 80s during the day and like 60s at night. It was perfect. It couldn't get any better for winter weather, that's for sure. But right before we left, it started to get hot. And around Yuma, there's a lot of places to camp. There's, number one, a ton of campgrounds. Encore parks. I think there's like three or four. Yep. Some age qualified, though. You got to keep in mind that that's a big snowbird area. So a lot of age qualified parks, too. But a lot of other just normal camping. And then there's a lot of BLM in that area. And also in the area was the Barry Goldwater Air Force Range where we stayed, too. We'll talk about that in the campground section. But that was also in that area. So there's definitely a lot of places to stay for free or pay for camping. Mm -hmm. However, other than that, there's not much. (laughs) There is a Walmart. Two Walmarts, Yeah, there's a couple Walmarts right in yep. Yuma. But you're not going to find, I mean, there's restaurants and stuff like that, but you're not going to find like a Target, I don't think. I think Yuma, Yuma had all that stuff. Did Downtown they? Yuma, yeah, which is like right by California. I mean, it was only, I think it was about 20 minutes from, from where we were. We stayed at uh, Foothills Village, which is just outside of Yuma. Do you remember the bike trail along the river that we did? Yes, yes we did. I do. Did you that was very fun. Another thing to do in, while you're staying in Yuma is drive to the sand dunes in California. That was, yeah, that was really cool. cool. Yeah, we drove to Glamis one day. And that was super cool. Like, I was like, let's go out there and party. And we had our kids with us. And the kids were all for it. It was so fun. All the fun lights on a, on the side-by-sides and stuff. Yeah, it was, really it was pretty cool. awesome. It's If you've never been to a sand dunes that you can off-road on, you should check. That's one you should definitely check out. That was the coolest one I've seen yeah. ever, and I've been to a couple. We did a day trip to Quartzite, which is north of Yuma. I think yeah. about an hour and a half, maybe, north, which is a super popular RV destination for boondocking, especially. And we were there during COVID, and there were still a lot of people, but it wasn't near as busy. I think we asked somebody, and they said it was like 46% capacity or something. Yeah, it was less than 50% of who, of the you know what who normally shows up. 
and it was still pretty busy, but I would love to go back there in prime time and just see all the fun happening because yeah. it looks like <laughs> it'd be a fun place to hang out. But in Quartzsite, is there a Walmart? Is there yeah. any of that stuff? Is there? There's a bigger grocery store. There's all kinds of stores and gas and stuff. There's a, I mean, there's a, um, there's an interstate that runs right through Quartzsite. So I just don't remember there being a lot of like. It's not stuff. a big town by any means. Is there free dumping in Quartzsite? I bet you they make them pay there. The only place that I saw that I really know for sure, there is a place to dump, but you have to pay. I think it's five or ten bucks. But there's a dump site and water. It's like a pit stop or something they call it. It's right in town. I'm sure it gets pretty popular when it's busy. We also stayed in Mesa Spirit, which is right near Phoenix. That's in Mesa. And we did go to Phoenix one day and take a drive through there. And it was cool. We got some tacos. Yeah, we got some real... That's. I think that's when you guys were all introduced to real steak tacos. Yes. And I was impressed. Yeah. I've had, though, something like that in Texas, and it was not good. Yeah. <laughs> so I like Arizona steak tacos. Or do not like Texas steak tacos. Yeah, they tacos. were delish. <laughs> Phoenix is cool. It's it's huge. You know, it's a, it's a huge city. But Mesa Spirit was nice. We'll talk about that in the campground area, but that area is also nice. What about other campgrounds and... How far away was the nearest Walmart? Stuff like that, Tony. Everything from Mesa Spirit was really close. I mean, within, you know, a five-minute drive. There was a Home Depot. Spent a lot of time there. There's a solar place close by who gives, like, deep discounts on solar panels and stuff like that. They were, I really like them, guys. We will link them. That's where we got our solar, and we were big fans. Yep. Yeah, nearby, there's um, a lot of outdoor recreation, like Salt River and Saguaro Lake and a, couple, uh, a bunch of Jeep trails that we'll talk about. We stayed nine or ten days in Tucson, which is right outside the Grand Canyon. Definitely get your grocery shopping done before you come here. Yeah. We had to leave one day and go grocery shopping and ended up with a ticket. No, we didn't. <laughs> a warning. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, definitely head out. Um, before you head into the city, you want to go grocery shopping because there's not much in the area. There is one grocery store, but it's kind of expensive. I paid $6 for a gallon of milk, if that tells you anything. <laughs> so definitely go grocery shopping before you go here. And fuel. However, there is some campgrounds. There is a hotel, at least one, I remember seeing. Oh, there's a there's a two or three big hotels. Okay. And um, National Forest, which is where we stayed. And a couple campgrounds. There's campgrounds inside of Grand Canyon as well. But, I, I I mean, the way things are going, I think they're kind of hard to get into right now. But Where we stayed was free camping, and we were 10 minutes from the Grand Canyon. Yeah, it, it was, was great. pretty awesome. Yep. And it was free. And w even staying in the National Forest, we have our National Park Pass. We were able to go into the Grand Canyon campground and empty our tanks and get water. But that area is cool. They have um, some good restaurants. They do have the, you know. Pizza. Yep, good pizza. There's an airport there. You can do, like, helicopter rides and all that stuff. Flagstaff. We went to Flagstaff a couple times, but one of them was in the middle of a snowstorm, and it was a lot of fun. How deep was that snow that we got up there when we got up there? It was between one and two feet deep. And the kids were in heaven. They haven't seen snow since Michigan. Yeah, real snow. <laughs> real snow since Michigan. That's the most snow they've ever seen because it doesn't even snow like that in Michigan. It, this was up on a mountain. I liked when we went to Flagstaff and I saw the snow and all the snowmen and the snow angels. 
people were sledding all over the place. Yeah, like on the side of the road, sledding down the hills on the side of the road. Elsa was prancing around in the snow, and it looked hilarious. She, she was, was having like a blast, yeah. <laughs> hopping around. And when we were in the car, she had little tiny snowballs on her legs. Snowballs, yeah. <laughs> they looked like little white, more white dots on her. When I was playing in the snow, my feet hurt because snow was in my shoes. <laughs> yeah, what did you guys, you didn't have snow boots. No, what? we just wore, wore our rain boots. Yeah, they had yeah. the rain boots on. Because <laughs> we don't have snow clothes. Because <laughs> we're always in the desert. <laughs> well, the whole point of RVing the way we do is to escape snow. And I think we were staying at Camp Verde when we did that, right? Yeah. Yep. Yes, because I remember we we hung out in the snow. We got to build snowmen and play in snowball fights and let the dogs run around. And then we drove home. Yep. To no snow, and it was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, where we were, like the Flagstaff area, uh, I think it's like 6,500 feet elevation, and I think Verde Valley is like less than 1,000. So there was a big elevation change. So the weather was good there, and it was winter up north of there. And it was awesome because everybody had that same idea. Yeah. So people were like pulled over on the side of the road, and they are just playing. But it was really funny because the whole drive – there was just snowmen ever. We probably saw 300 snowmen. Yeah, at least. <laughs> Everybody was like building snowmen on the side of the road. They were sledding on the side of the road on any hill that there was. Angels. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. The, the dogs had fun. They ran around in the snow for a while. Flagstaff is just a beautiful area though. And it's even prettier under white snow. Yeah. And if you get a chance to go there in the winter, the drive from... Sedona to Flagstaff or vice versa down 89A, that road. It's a windy mountain road, so just take your time, but it is beautiful. Yeah, we took that road twice, once in the middle of a snowstorm. Yeah, in the dark. <laughs> well, I mean, technically both were snowing, but one of them was like straight snowstorm. Well, the way up, it, <laughs> Blizzard. Had, it had already snowed. The road was clear, and it was awesome. On the way back, it was a blizzard, so the road was covered. Like we could barely see the lights in front of us. And that was before the light upgrades, so. But it was still fun. Yeah, it was. Good it was time. funny because it was like scary and dangerous, but it was so pretty. And Tony is, he loves pretty, so it's hard to keep his eyes on the road when <laughs> when he's off looking. There's been many cliffs that I'm like, Tony! <laughs> yep. Drives me nuts when I can't stare out the window. And, and I'm too to scared drive. to drive, so. <laughs> Sedona. Sedona is probably one of the prettiest places in Arizona. Yes, very cool. I love that they use, this is just something silly that I'm sure they do in many cities, but this is kind of one of the first places I've seen it. I like how they use their red rock for the sidewalks and for like the fencing and everything. Like wherever they have, like they just use the red rock yeah. into the landscape. Yeah, there's a red rock theme throughout everything. Buildings, landscaping, roads, pretty amazing. And it's just a really cool town. It fancy. Yeah, there's a lot of unique shops, craft shops, and you know, artsy stuff. Good food. A lot of jeep trails. Yeah, really good jeep trails. Another cool thing about Sedona is seeing all the jeeps and stuff. All the fun, all the lifted. Yeah, there's tons vehicles. of cool <laughs> jeeps and rigs and side by sides. Arizona in general, I think I've seen even more than Utah. I think I saw more, more off-road stuff in Arizona than any other place. 
Well, we were we were in Utah on an off season, so I mean, it technically was season, but it was COVID. So I think most of like Moab was shut down, which I'm sure during prime time, Moab's insane. Yeah, I'm I'm sure. <laughs> so that's not a good comparison right now. We'll have to go back yeah. during the fun time. New River. Yeah, we went to New River, um, a day trip because that's right where there's a Jeep Badge of Honor trail called Table Mesa Road. So there's not a lot to it. I think we just went there for the trail. Yeah, there's a couple of restaurants there, but I mean, there's a town not too far away. I think it's called Anthem. It's more of a city. So there's all the other stuff that you might want. Where were we staying when we went there? We were at Verde Valley. We were in Cottonwood. And how long of a drive is that? I think it was about an hour drive south. So if you're going to that Badge of Honor trail, we would probably recommend that you stay in Verde Valley or the other town or something like that. Yeah, it's close There's not to much. It's in like that di- smack dab in the middle of like Phoenix and Cottonwood. Awesome. Let's talk about campgrounds and places to stay. So National Forest. Where are some of the National Forests? I know we stayed in Flagstaff. Yep, that was a National Forest. That's Coconino National Forest. It's just north of uh, Flagstaff. It's just outside, but it's on a mountain. It's There's pretty a lot of cool evergreens. stuff. Yeah. Right in that area. There's a national monument in that area. I think it's um, it's a volcano. There's um, some national forests near Camp Verde area. We stayed there. It's it's um, it's by Montezuma Well National Monument as well. And then we also stayed in National Forest near the Grand Canyon. Yep, that's uh, Kaibab National Forest. It's How right do you outside. Remember this stuff? I don't know. <laughs> You're like. Filled with names and places of <laughs> people. And directions. <laughs> and um, yes, the Grand Canyon is probably my favorite spot. I mean, we were 10 minutes from the park, and it was crazy. And where we there's a lot of different places to stay out there. We actually stayed fairly close to town. We had good cell service and all that stuff. Uh, we were able to get in, in and out of the park easy. Even found a back way in. The only kind of issue is there's a lot of helicopter tours that go over you, but I thought that was kind of cool seeing the helicopters. It's only a couple times a day, so it's not that bad. It's not nonstop all day long. You can also stay on state land. We only stayed on one little spot, like a pull-off spot off Route 66 area. Um, It's not as easy to stay free on state land, but definitely check it out. Sometimes you'll see it's it's called state trust land. Some of it's accessible and some of it's not. And then the big one is BLM. There's tons of it yep. in Arizona. Yeah, I'd say a good portion of the state is federal land like that. There's a lot of BLM land in Arizona. And if you're interested in staying in BLM, I recommend checking out our last podcast, thefeolas.com slash six, where we go into great detail about BLM. Everything from how we find locations, the apps we use, to how we dump our tanks. We only stayed in one spot in BLM during our stay in Arizona, and that was near Yuma. Yeah, it was like a kind of like a uh, inactive gravel pit area. There was a lot of people. It's a, it's normally a very popular spot. Of course, this year was a little different. There weren't as nearly as many people, but it was a cool spot. We also stayed in the Barry Goldwater Air Force Range. Which is not BLM, but it's military. so It's it's still government land, but you're limited to where you can camp there. And then if you're you're showing up in a bigger RV like Class A, which is what we have, there's only four spots 
in the very beginning of the park. And you do need to get a pass. You do need to go to the website. We'll link it in the show notes. Um, it's a free permit to stay it, there. Yep. You just got to watch a video, a little training, get the permit, and then there's four spots. I do think you can camp in other places in there, right? If you have like a van or something or a tent, which yeah. I don't know who camps in a tent in the middle of the desert, but there's some people, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but this place, that place was really cool. There was a lot of flyovers happening, mm-hmm. which I thought was cool. And we didn't have any issues. And we stayed there for a good, what, seven days? Yeah, we stayed there twice, um, seven days apiece. So we are Thousand Trails members, which that's going to be the next section we start we talk about. But you have to be out of network for seven days. So we did. We just drove down and stayed there. We also stayed at that other spot yep. north of the north of Yuma. Yeah, it was a cool spot. The weather wasn't bad or anything. Good for boondocking. Next, there's tons of Thousand Trails and Encore Parks in Arizona. A lot of them are age-qualified. So you do need to do your checking if you're under 55. However, we stayed in Verde Valley, which we talked about earlier with no signal. So <laughs> if you need signal, that's going to be an interesting one to stay at. Um, leave us some comments in the show notes if you've stayed there and had better reception. Or more you, recently. Or more if recently. If they've done anything to improve it. Yes. Um, we also stayed at Foothill, Foothill Village, which was in Yuma. That park was really nice. I liked that park a lot. That park before we stayed there was actually age qualified, but they re- right before we got there, um, they changed it. So now it's going to be, I think it's going to be just a regular thousand trails now. Do they do that permanently or just because I'm pretty of sure. Yeah. I would check before you go there. I mean, just to make sure it's not age Make sure it wasn't some weird COVID, COVID rule thing. or something. Yeah. But that park was very nice. It was clean. It was big. There's actually, at first I thought it was small, but there's a section on both sides of the like guest center. Yeah. Office and pool area. They have a nice size pool and a hot tub. Yes. It was a lot of fun. We spent a lot of time in that hot tub. <laughs> they did some activities on Saturdays for the kids, which I think was new. Just just had started when we got there. But we went down for a couple different activities. Did like rock painting and stuff like that. That sounds very Thousand Trails-ish. Yeah. So maybe they are changing it to Thousand Trails. And then the other park we stayed at, which was part of our membership, is Mesa Spirit. And that was near Phoenix. Yep, it's in Mesa, near Phoenix. That was a huge park. Yeah, it massive. Had five pools or something? Or yeah. How many pools? And was it pools, five pools? I think so. Four yeah. or five pools with hot tubs. Yeah. Two hot tubs for every pool, I think. And the pool was huge and the hot tub was huge. Yep. But I think that one is still age qualified, but they were making exceptions. Because when I made the reservation... Thousand Trails called that park and then told me, yeah. I think it was just, I don't know if it's because of kids or whatever, but. So the thing about that is we were there during COVID and they didn't get a lot of people from Canada that year because the border's been closed. So because of that, they allowed other people to camp inside there. And so that one probably more than likely um, is going to go back to age qualified, I bet. Which is sad because. Out of all the parks, I think there's like 24 parks in Arizona. I think there's only two that are not age qualified. But it's always worth calling. If you're a Thousand Trails member, call Thousand Trails and ask them. And sometimes they'll make exceptions, especially if it's not peak season or something like that. Some other places that we stay or that we did not stay, but are other options. There are 20,000 trails in Encore Parks in Arizona, which is what I mentioned before. A lot of them are age qualified However, definitely check them out. 
if especially if you're over 55, you have lots of options. There are 34-ish state campgrounds. I counted them on a few, <laughs> a few websites, and that's about what the number I came up with. Um, and we'll link to those in the show notes, but there's all of those you can stay at. There's, like I said, a ton of BLM land, like millions of acres of BLM land. They have 13 KOAs you can stay at. And we use RV Wizard, Trip Wizard, which we've mentioned before and on earlier podcasts. However, they own a couple other programs. And I was able to find 808 RV parks, RV resorts, and campgrounds in Arizona. Wow. So you have a lot of different options as far as camping goes in Arizona. And I will link to all of that as well. So you can click that link for the RV Life and see all of those campgrounds, 808 of them. I'm sure you can find one. <laughs> let's talk Jeep trails. My favorite part. Yep. <laughs> and let's start with Sedona because we have a lot there. We did a handful of trails right in Sedona and right outside of Sedona. Um, Schnebly Hill, that was a pretty good one. It wasn't a super technical trail, but that was a Jeep badge of honor trail. Is that the bumpy one? It's very bumpy. So the, it's not, like I said, it's not a super technical trail with obstacles, but there are a lot of like rocks, <laughs> yeah, melon sized <laughs> rocks that are like half buried in the road. So it's just a, for a couple miles, it's just uphill and bumps. And I think that one ends in a campground. Well, it ends, it comes out in national forest on the other side. That's what I was thinking earlier the, when we went to that campground or when we went to um prescott does that oh, one end in a campground too no oh well yeah oh okay good the mingus mountain one yeah there was like a lot of dispersed camping in national forest okay good <laughs> so i didn't lie to you guys <laughs> okay yeah, schnebly hill was good it's good it's it's i would say that's more for scenic views than off-roading because you can do it in a less off-road capable vehicle i think we saw a few yeah, vans. like Subarus <laughs> and vans and stuff. But if you have a lower clearance vehicle, be prepared to be uh, scraping on some rocks. Broken Arrow. Broken Arrow was a really good one. That one's another one that's just like, I mean, really, all of these are very gorgeous views. But Broken Arrow had a few obstacles, some ledges and hill climbs and stuff like that. Slick rock driving. Is that the one with the really big hill that you can only go one way on? Yeah. So Broken Arrow has a... Uh, it's a downhill section called the Devil's Staircase. Which it really isn't a staircase. It's a hill. Yeah, you just slide down and bang off of rocks. That's all you do. It's more like an escalator. You just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just push yourself over the edge and you let your foot off the gas or brake and you just go down. Yep. Keep in mind, we're, we're off-roading in a stock height Jeep Wrangler. Uh, with just a little bigger tires on it. If you have a lifted Jeep or something like that, like we really didn't even have any problems until the very bottom. We kind of bottomed out on a on a ledge. But any lifted vehicle, no problems. It's just a steep decline with some ledges and rocks. But it was still fun. We had some GoPro footage of that one. Do you remember the part where we ran out and climbed up the slick rock to a big, huge rock? Yeah, that's called submarine rock. Yeah, remember, Lex, you ran up and down it. It was big. You got to ran, run all over it. Yeah, Dad climbed with me on this. On one of the ends, yeah. And I yelled at you guys, get away from the edge. <laughs> I 
I actually Skyped my mom up there <laughs> and and she got to see the surrounding area. It was really cool. And the kids running around. And it's all it surrounded by fun. cliffs. Yeah, it's super pretty. And it's so big that we were on one end and I took a picture of you and Kylie at the other end and you guys are like little dots. Yeah, there's no, there's nothing up there. So you can just run all around and it's cool. And it's high up. So if you get to the edge and look down, it is pretty high up. We, cl- we climbed down this one edge, but it wasn't like a cliff. It was, there was like a hill. Yeah. Is that when we came down part. to the Jeep? It was on, it was on this side. But on the other side, it was just like a hill. Oh, I think you guys did that. I, I, we didn't. Mom and I didn't do that. It didn't go down into a cliff. It was just like a hill. Like yeah. Soldier Pass. Soldier Pass was fun. Um, it's a it's a combination of. Is that uh, a badge of honor? No, oh. it should be. Or I think the other ones should be versus Schnebly Hill. But you have to get a permit for that one. I think it was five dollars, maybe. I think it's on um, uh, recreation.gov. You get a soldier pass permit because there's a gated entry to that one. And you have, <laughs> they email you like a code for a combination lock to get in. But it's popular uh, hiking trail. So there's a parking area right before the gate. A lot of people park there for hiking and just hike in. It's a very short trail in and out. Um, can be done in probably an hour or two. But we stopped a lot because there's, there's some attractions inside there that you want to check out. Like the seven sacred pools. Which at the time we were there, they weren't really flowing. It had, there was some snow melt and stuff that had filled the pools, but they weren't flowing down like they normally would be in a wet season. That's where we got our arrowheads. Yep. From a really nice guy. Yeah, one of the pink Jeep tours that were there had a the guide. He was, um, before he gave the, his tour a, their history lesson, he was talking to the girls and gave them each an arrowhead. That was really fun. There's also that one spot, I think, on this trail where you can park and get out and go over, and it's like a sunken cave. Yep. Okay. I think that's called the Devil's Kitchen. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. It's like, is it? It's a sinkhole. Sinkhole. Yeah. Okay. It's a massive sinkhole in the rocks. But yeah, there's a lot to do there. You can even go in, park inside there, and then do another hike to some other attractions that are only accessible by hiking. So there's a lot of slick rock that you drive on and a lot of really good views. Yeah. Amazing. Heights (laughs) though. So yeah, I'd I'd highly recommend the broken arrow trail, soldier pass, Schnebly Hill. We also did a trail outside of Sedona called the outlaw OHV trail. And that goes around. um, It's a much longer trail used by all kinds of, you know, ATVs and Jeeps and stuff. Not too many obstacles. There was only a few that we did, but really good views. You get a lot of views of the Red Rocks and stuff like that. All right. We only did the one trail in Cottonwood. The one trail we did in Cottonwood was called Mingus Mountain. And uh, basically, you start off in town. If you're going east to west, you'll go from Cottonwood. Then you'll start climbing up the mountain. Um, There's a handful of really scenic pull-offs. But after that, you go... Through some switchbacks, you'll pass a couple natural springs that are just flowing down the mountain, which one of them I stopped and took a drink. It was delicious. It's probably poisonous or something. Yeah. <laughs> Four-wheel drive is probably not necessary on this trail, but I would recommend high clearance. There is from east to west, there's one section where there is kind of a steep incline and it has a little bit of uh, like rock ledges. So 
keep that in mind. If you go from west to east, that would be no problem. You're just going downhill. But you get up to, I believe, I think, if I remember right, it was um, over 6,000 feet on that one. So you go over the mountain, lots of great views all th- all throughout. And then you get to the top and the other side. You come out on beyond Jerome. And I think that's where we came out into the natural forest. And then we went to Prescott after that. We saw some animals. A lot of mule deer there, yep. yep. It was really cool. I like the views, and it's really pretty. The The trees are very old. And I think that – so there's not very many evergreen trees in that area. And so it was really neat to be on that trail and see those again. Yeah, I think we have some pictures of – there's a lot of evergreens and um, some color in there too. But that trip – I. If I remember right, that trip was about a four-hour trail. If you're going to do that one, plan a uh, for a day trip. And you can even do, you know, do it both ways if you want. Coming back from west to east, you'll have some really good views of the Cottonwood and Sedona area. Jerome area. Yep, in the Jerome area, we did the Woodshoot Trail. That was a nice trail, too, with the great views, good elevation. The only thing about that trail, um, part of it is pretty overgrown. So that one. Yeah, that was very tight. I yeah. remember that one now. It was got like some, scratching yeah. our Jeep. We got some pinstripes from that one. But the beginning was cool. We saw like, you know, some uh, some more deer, some mule deer, a buck. And um, it kind of winds through the mountain and some uh, some of the valleys there. And then it goes up to the top. Some good views of Jerome and Cottonwood. And then you make your way back down. And it's right off of a main, it's right off of 89A. So the entry is 89A. You do the loop and then you come back out a different point. And that entrance looks like it's not an entrance. Yeah. <laughs> so there's like a little, just make sure you're looking around. There was some barbed wire that like laying over the trail and you just move that and then go. It's basically, yeah, it's just like a, it's like a gate that you just have to open and close behind you. And most of these trails, um, I, I actually found on a website called jeeptheusa.com. They have an interactive map. So wherever you're at, they have different um, areas with trails. So that was a resource that I was using at the time. The founder of the website passed away. So it's ran by other people now. They just It's just this guy did like thousands of Jeep trails and, and documented it. Yuma! We did a handful of trails in the Yuma area. We did a few um, right inside the Barry Goldwater Range. One of them was, I think, 30-mile trail to the border wall. Took us all day because it's not a smooth trail. It's a rough trail. Like you're going up and down. It's rugged, yeah, through the desert. And that one did take us. Well, we did two Jeep trails that day. We did. So maybe that's a little bit of what took us a long time. But, I mean, when we got back, I was exhausted. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, we spent most of the day out on the trail. We did Cipriano Pass first, which goes not through a mountain. It's kind of, it, I mean, it's, it's, it, it teases you. It doesn't, it's not a mountain pass. Like you go up and over, you go through a valley in between a couple mountain ranges. So that's Small cool. Mountains. But the whole, the whole thing about the Barry Goldwater range is you're in an active military training area. They so, have like a city built. Yeah. For bombing <laughs> that you drive by. <laughs> yeah, they have one. It's called Yodaville. If you Google it, Yodaville, it'll come up as like a um, shipping container city. 
they do simulations there and stuff. And then the other side, I don't remember the name of it, but it's equally as big. They do a lot of um, bombing simulations, and I think they still do live bombing, but we didn't see or hear any of that. I don't. Th- I think the other one, not the Yoda one, but the other one is actually for like teaching them how to yeah ground ground yeah ground training. But that was really cool, and we drove out to the border wall. We got to like literally go up to the wall there and touch it, <laughs> and you can like stand by it and stuff. It was really, really, really big when we stand next to it. It was tall. It was way taller than I thought it was going to be, to be honest. Yeah. Could you fit through it? No. Oh. Yeah. I fit my arm through it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> the arm and maybe a couple toes. <laughs> a couple toes. Much bigger in person. Like, we have a few pictures of it, and it just, even with the Jeep next to it, it doesn't look tall. Yeah. But it is very tall. But that was a cool day trip. You got to see up close what that looked like. You got to drive through a desert full of pokey things. Another crazy thing is I was talking about how I don't understand how anyone could walk through that desert and be alive at the end of it because it's so just rugged and harsh. And, of course, I had zero signal on my phone, so I didn't get to search it. But when we got back, I searched it. <laughs> and sure enough, there is a lot, a lot of dead bodies found in that desert, yeah. which is crazy. There's also some of these things, they're like, um, what are those things called? They're like a rescue station. Yeah, and you can go up to it and push the button, and it says, you know, Border Patrol will be here in an hour. Yeah. And we also passed a couple Border Patrol setups. Yeah, like mobile uh, surveillance things. They were kind of crazy. Yeah, a truck with, like, big antennas and stuff it, it, sticking well, out they of had them. Like a, it was like a truck with, like, a, a mobile command center like trailer with the big antennas and i'm sure they had all kinds of night vision and cameras and all that stuff with it but yeah we i think we saw two or three of those setups within you know a 30 mile trail we also did in that same area um the fortuna mine trail this the all that these areas are all just loaded with mining history and uh, I think they mined gold out here, silver, all kinds of different minerals and stuff. But this one, they still have the open mine shaft, which is several hundred feet deep, but they have it fenced off. So, of course, you know, as soon as we get there, we start chucking rocks into it and stuff. But it's just like a big black, black hole. <laughs> there's also, I think that's where we, there's like a little hill that we can drive up. Yep. Part of the old... Um, where they had a couple of the buildings for the mining camp. It was a big water reservoir up on a hill. Is that the one where, um, I could just be making the story up, but um, they were drinking out of it and they had copper in it or something? Yeah. Isn't that what it was? Yeah, they threw coins into the thing. For oh, wasn't it, it something about iron? To get a mineral, yeah. Yeah, they didn't think they had enough iron in their body or something. But instead or... of helping them, it was hurting them. yeah. I'll have to, I'll look that up and put it in the show notes because <laughs> it's an interesting story, but I don't remember all the details. And this is, yeah, this is back in like the 1800s when they didn't really know any better. Laguna Mountain Trail. That was a fun one. That one's like um, Laguna Mountain Ridge, I think. And basically most of the trail is up on the high ridge of a... Yeah, you can, if you're up on top of one of the mountains, you can see the trail on the ridge of all the mountains around there. Yeah. When we were there in the early spring, like late winter, early spring, there wasn't a lot of traffic on any of these. This trail has zero trees. 
It's all just rocky, mountain, mountainous terrain. You can see for miles, but you do have to go up and down quite a few hills that are scary, I think. Um, any high clearance, I would probably recommend four-wheel drive because there's some steep stuff. Not a lot of obstacles. Probably one of my favorite trails was the Castle Dome Mountain. And we have a post on our website. I'll link it in the show notes about this one with some of our pictures. But that was a really cool trail. Very diverse terrain there. Like I think when we first got in, it was more like a gravel road. But then we hit the two track. And then we started going through like a teddy bear choya forest. And there was some mountain with lot. There was mountains with green on them. Like yep. you, this is like a shocking thing to see in that area. <laughs> so if you do this trail, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But you're not like like we just explained to you. The last trail on Laguna Mountain Trail was no trees. It was just this rocky brown trail. And then this one was completely different. Like the, some of those mountains were very lush, green looking, which seems very out of place. Yeah. out in Yuma area <laughs> for that area. That's it for Yuma, right? Yeah. That one also is like, you know, high clearance. Probably 4x4 isn't necessary. For the Broken Arrow Trail, I definitely recommend four-wheel drive and high clearance. There are some some steep hills that I think we did need four-wheel drive to go to go up. Um, the Soldier Pass Trail, I don't think we used four-wheel drive at all, but we did need high clearance for a few spots. There's some few rocky spots that you have to go through. We did the uh, Table Mesa Road, which is another Jeep Badge of Honor trail. And the Table Mesa Road itself isn't a difficult trail by any means. There are a lot of what they call extra credits, which are just offshoot trails. Some of them can get pretty intense. We went down a couple that we actually ended up having to turn around on because we weren't equipped um, to handle that kind of extreme off-roading. We had a couple other ones that were a little milder. Um, did a river crossing at one point, which is kind of cool. However, you can do this trail with any vehicle. Just stay on the main Yeah, if you trail. just do Table Mesa Road, that's really what the Badge of Honor Trail is. And that would be no problem in any, any type of vehicle. It's all the little offshoots. So yeah. just make sure you're you know looking at your <laughs> Google Maps or whatever to see the little offshoots and see if you can handle them. But uh, there's a lot of fun ones. I... I wanted to continue going. I know there's one section I wanted to continue going, and this is before we got lights on our Jeep, and it was super dark. It was just, like, right at sunset. Again, we timed it wrong. <laughs> well, we were out there for quite a while. Yeah, we were out we there were. for several hours. Uh, but we, I wanted to keep going, and Tony's like, no, I don't want to keep going because I can't see. Like, our Jeep lights were just not good. And I was like, no, we can do it. And, of course, they're around the corner is this steep hill and you know me with steep hills i don't like them and tony's like i'll teach her <laughs> i sent it <laughs> right up this hill that was huge rocks it was very steep very, very rocky steep. <laughs> very a uh, handful of steps and ledges so i just went for it to, to kind of teach her a lesson i think <laughs> so question about that would you have done it if we were not <laughs> trying to teach me a lesson. Oh, yeah. Oh, you I would have done it in the okay. daytime as well. Yeah, that's part of what made it scarier is dark. But actually, that's part, I think, what made it not as scary for me is I couldn't see. Yeah, you didn't know what was coming. So it was scary because I know it was steep. But I was like, whatever, we can do it. <laughs> and I was like, as we're going up, I'm like, <gasps> and then afterwards, I'm like, you are amazing. And that was on one of the offshoot trails that we were on. You're such a good driver. Yeah. You're amazing. 
That was a good time. But if you go to Table Mesa Road with intentions of doing the Badge of Honor, keep in mind the, the Table Mesa itself is nothing. You have to do the extra credits if you really want to get the off-road experience. I would definitely take a picnic, lots of water, because you'll spend a lot of time out there. I mean, we were out there all day, I feel like. Yeah, and it's and, not really close to much. No, and we only did a few shoots. Like, there's a lot of things to do out there. That's part of what ate up some of our time is we did a couple of the trails that um, once we got a half hour in, we had to turn around because there was just a, there was an obstacle that was just, you know, massive rocks or a super steep hill that we just weren't set up to do. Do you remember that? Especially with no winch. You know, if we have a winch, I think that gives you a little more confidence to, to do some of that other stuff. Do you remember that one hill we drove by and there was some Jeeps? Like going over, I don't know, it was up a hill or something, and they were like broken down on the hill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was down a hill. Yeah, and he's we like working on his tire yeah. on the downhill. It was crazy. It's like down in a valley. And that's part of the reason why I'm a little bit more cautious on this, by the way. I'm not this big scaredy cat. It's that this is our main vehicle. We kind of break the the cardinal rule of off-roading, and we go by ourselves. Yeah, that too. With very limited recovery equipment. Yeah, we have no winch, you know, it's just us, two girls, and me, and Tony. <laughs> and we go by ourselves, and we're in the middle of nowhere, and we don't have a winch. Did I say that already? Yeah. Okay. Like, that's the big one, if you can tell. We're going to get a winch soon. And that is it for that area. The last the last trail we did was Bulldog Canyon Trail near Phoenix area, right? Yeah, it's like northeast of Phoenix, um, by the Salt River and Saguaro Lake called bulldog canyon ohv trail and it's also part of like a wild horse area and that's the whole reason we went there <laughs> well we didn't see any wild horses that day apparently did that time of year they're in a different area where they actually get fed during the winter but we did drive by um the river yeah. and there's so much green yeah it's crazy because you <laughs> see everything else is just brown and then all along the river is just super lush green like vivid. the darkest green like i was just like Oh, I haven't seen this in forever. Yeah, and that was it smells live and Yeah, that was really at like the tail end of just spending our whole winter in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> so we were craving it. But also right there there's swimming areas. Yeah. Because there was a ton of people swimming. Yep, it was a nice hot day. There was a people everywhere that was tubing and kayaking, stand up paddle boarding and swimming. Love and life. Yep. Super fun. And that is it for Arizona. Yeah, we had a lot of fun in Arizona this winter. I'm glad we uh, we decided to stay down in that area. Yeah, next winter we're going to be, or this winter I should say, we're spending in Florida. But after that, I wouldn't mind going back to Arizona. I really enjoyed that. The weather was beautiful. Yep. I mean, Florida is muggy, so, and more humid. That's the thing, you still, you have those, the warmer temps, but it's nice and dry. But in the summer, Yuma has been known to be the hottest city in the U.S., I'm really excited to introduce our newest segment called Can't Miss. Not sure if that name's going to stick, but right now that's our name <laughs> for it. If you have a better name, let us know in the show notes. Um, however, I'm really excited for this. this these are going to be fun segments, short segments of things across the country that you just can't miss. And it's not going to necessarily fit with the podcast for that week. Like this is not. The thing we're talking about today is not going to be from Arizona. 
but it's really exciting. And we even made a fun intro that you're going to hear before each one. So let's get to it. In this segment, we tell you about something you can't miss. We know when you're traveling, you can't see and do everything. So we wanted to share some of those things that you just can't miss if you are in the area. Yay! (laughs) Our first segment is going to be about Lace Curtain Trail in Utah. It's Millard County, Utah. Yeah, right by Delta, Utah, a place that we stayed. Approximately 15,000 years ago in what is now known as the Black Rock Desert in Utah, a volcano erupted in Lake Bonneville. The basalt lava exploded high into the air and quickly cooled into glassy particles the size of sand. The explosion produced a crater on the south face of Pavent Butte. This can be seen today when driving up to the butte. You can also see that waves have carved a shelf around most of the volcano, except for the north face where this intense storm waves cut a vertical lace pattern into the cliff. And that's what this is known for, is this lace pattern. It's really cool looking. It's a very unique rock formation, like it's something that we've never seen before. Yes, it's formed from partial cementing of the basalt lava by minerals in the groundwater. And it is cool looking. It literally looks like lace. (laughs) Perfect name. There was a golden eagle trail, or nest. Um, It was super big, and even the sign talked about it. So it was probably there for a long time. You could see the nest from the ground, right? It Mm -hmm. was huge. It was super high up, too. We ran up to the lace curtain wall. Yep, that's right. And Elsa went very crazy. Yeah, she she was running around on the ground and then just like minding her own business. And then she saw you guys go up to the wall and was like, wait, no. what? We can go up there? And Elsa <laughs> no, loves to like, climb. Yeah. She was like, me too. She's <laughs> like, she just like saw something. Like, yeah, and all her ears almost perked up and her head like jerked and she just like ran up the hill. and <laughs> up the Like business. no problem. It took me like a um, Five minutes to climb up it. Yeah, the lace pattern is super cool to see. However, you don't want to miss what's on the other side. Which is crazy because you don't really see a lot about this in, in, the, in the literature nope. <laughs> and the website. They all talk about this lace pattern, which is which is by far really cool. I mean, and just to describe it, like if you're having a hard time picturing it, it says lace, a lace curtain. It actually looks like almost like melted wax. Dripping, yeah. Dripping down. Or like chocolate dripping down. Yeah, it's it's crazy. But it's, you know, several hundred feet high and there's there's pockets or holes in the in the wall of the this butte. Um and it's like black. And it's massive. It is so massive. I didn't actually realize how big it was until our girls got up next to it. And I think I have a couple pictures of that. I'll share them. Yep. But yeah, like Tony said, the best part was on the other side of this. There's a trail that you drive on to get into into the actual volcano. Yeah. So basically what happened after the explosion, um, it, it basically turned into a horseshoe shape. So on the north side, you have the lace curtain, which is a huge wall. And then the south side that you can actually drive into, you drive into the middle of the horseshoe. So you, you do gain elevation as you go into it. And but you're the driving landscape, on. It changes totally. Yeah, you're driving on that black sand. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just like pure black, you know, cinder or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. (laughs) 
but yeah, as you go into it, you can see that there, over the years there's been a lot of traffic, um, ATVs and you know four wheel four wheel drive and stuff. But it goes, it basically chicanes back and forth. Like there's like, I don't know, probably a dozen S curves that you go, and they're really banked. Um, you go all the way up, and then it turns into just a two track, and you go up back to the wall, the opposite side of that north wall. Yes, and that side looks way different. It's I don't know, like. It looks, if you can think of anything, it looks like more like the Badlands in South Dakota. Yes, but it's different material. It's rock. It's hard. It's hard and gritty, like sandpaper. Um, But the kids were running all over them, and they could climb up pretty high because it was gritty. Yeah, it's like, uh, almost like silica, like when, like on my hiking boots, they like stick to it almost. As you're climbing up the incline, you have no problem. But it's really cool back there. Yeah. And... It just looks completely different than the other side, which is interesting. And you can also see for miles and miles around, uh, great views, great sunset up there. And it looks like people have partied up there at one point. I think there was a fire yeah. pit. Oh, yeah, I'm sure people will go up there and, you know, camp and stuff. That was an awesome little excursion that we did. I'm I glad put, we did that. Definitely. I'll put a video of the lace curtain that I found online. I'll put that in the show notes. Just to kind of explain it, we did take some footage. If Tony gets it done in time, I'll throw that in there too. If not, I'll add it later. But um, It's on my list. (laughs) The video does show the area, but I don't know if the video goes into detail about the other side. One interesting thing that I really liked when we were driving up to it, to the Butte in the very beginning, we started seeing the lava. And I was like, that is not lava. And you're like, yeah, that is lava. I'm like, it would be like worn out by now. You can actually see the lava flow. Yes. And you can like walk on it and touch it. Like it's, it's crazy. There's like folds, you know, as the lava uh, backed up to itself, it like started to fold and as it cooled. So it's super cool. And it's, I mean, there's, it's not eroded or anything. No. Just not long enough. But, I mean, there's, like, one right in, like, a little parking spot area. Yeah. I was just like, this is not real. Somebody put this here. (laughs) Because it's just, like, I just can't imagine that it wouldn't be eroded away by people or, you know, something. It's so cool. It's unbelievable. It is. (laughs) That was a really cool place, though, right? Like, you guys had fun. You got to go inside of a volcano. Yeah. Yeah, but that was really cool. I got a blister when I was climbing a rock and I had my cowgirl boots on. Yeah, that's why. And my foot hurt when we went straight home. Yeah, your first blister. It was so cute. We got on the Jeep. I mean, it's not cute because it's painful for her, but we got into the Jeep and she's like, Mom, there's a red thing on my foot and it hurts so bad when you touch it. And I was like, oh, honey, that's a blister. So to get there from Delta, Utah, that's the way that we went, um, you can either take Highway 50 or the way that we went in, we went in from the west side, which was, um, I think it's like Highway 257. There's signage uh, either way you go, arrows and mileage. So we went in from the west from 257. And I think, um, you know, to, to do some good exploring, you probably put aside two or to three hours of time to check it out. So that's it. That's, I mean, you definitely should check that out. Uh, it's definitely worth it. If you're in that area, check it out. The end. That is the end. But make sure to follow us at The Fayolas on Facebook and Instagram and go to our website, thefayolas.com.
Bye. Bye. <laughs> Someone say Jinx Island. So now you know Jinx what Island. you're gonna say. Can you hear my stomach growling? No. I sure hope not. Lexi, do you love stairs? Yeah. <laughs> All of your things you like are stairs involved. Oh, s- stairs, cats, and ramps. Rams. Ramps. Ramps. Oh, ramps. <laughs> ramps are fun. <laughs> I thought you said rams. I'm like that is so random. 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 Do, 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 do. How dare these people enjoy the outdoors right now while we're podcasting? (laughs) He's first place, that's for sure. I know. (laughs) Is he the dad? He's waited for nobody. (laughs) Eat my dust. Would our kids look that cute? Yeah. Cuter. <laughs> Just put lace curtain, but instead we have to find it on the map and search for it. <laughs> you do know no one looks for places like that ever. Nobody. You're the only person in the entire world that looks for something. I would have searched lace curtain. <laughs> monkey, monkey, chicken, chunky. Um. What did the human say to the crab? What? You are crabby. <laughs> I think their jokes are cute. I cannot make jokes at all. Yeah, I did joke. make up a joke. What did the farmer say to the cow? Move. I don't play well with udders. <laughs> <laughs>